This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's head into Atlantic Canada to catch up with AMI content development specialist Ryan Delahanty in Halifax. Say hey, good morning, Ryan. Morning, Dave. How are you today? I'm well. Let's start in New Brunswick, where the province is looking to reinforce some minimum wage standards for workers with disabilities. What's the latest here, Ryan? Last Tuesday, the New Brunswick government introduced a bill that would prevent people with disabilities from getting less than minimum wage for the same work as others. Uh, Many felt eliminating these below minimum wage stipends for workers with disabilities was long overdue. In a news release, post-secondary education, training, and labor minister Trevor Holder called the practice archaic, while Shelley Petit, the chairperson of the New Brunswick Coalition of Persons with Disabilities, said she didn't understand what took the government so long, uh, saying they were paid often egregiously less, she told CBC News, of workers with disabilities. Uh, there'd, there'd be all these uh, in Ontario for years until very recently, there was what they'd call these workshop programs that would be paying people four dollars, five dollars an hour. And uh, some some minimum wage changes in late 2017 changed that. And there were actually people inside the disability community who were like, no, 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 we don't deserve minimum wage. <clears throat> and one of the only times I've ever gotten true hate mail on the show was when I came out and told those people they were against the movements. It's difficult. A lot of times they'll use the excuse, oh, they're getting new skills, new opportunities, but those things don't necessarily emerge or don't really result to anything uh, beneficial. Mm-hmm. So I can understand the uh, the mixed feelings there. Ryan, how does this fit into the broader disability action plan in New Brunswick? And so this uh, is coming out of an action plan that was introduced in 2020, and this was addressing the 28th of 43 recommendations that were included in that report from the Premier's Council on Disabilities. And so this was uh, something that I think uh, a lot of people considered, you know, very serious where, um, you know, it's uh, something that's been long overdue, as we said. And so other recommendations uh, that came alongside of this were calls for service animal legislation, improving the accessibility of government websites and communications, increasing fines for the misuse of accessible parking spots, increasing the supply of affordable and accessible housing options, improving access to ASL interpretation services and assistive technologies such as sight loss and hearing loss equipment and much more. Ryan, I think we'll put a pin in the story for now as there's obviously going to be more updates on this disability action plan, but thank you for this update. Let's jump into the world of Ryan Delahanty's autobiography because uh, you were out and about yesterday. This weekend, the Nova Scotia Open Goalball Tournament was held in Halifax. You were on site. You even handed out some hardware. You handed out the bronze medal on behalf of AMI. So tell me a little bit about the weekend. How was the experience? It was great. And so there was action all day Saturday, all day yesterday. And uh, early action saw Nova Scotia emerge as the fan favorite for gold. uh, But a critical loss Sunday morning knocked them down to the bronze medal game. So in that game, uh, Nova Scotia was playing against sort of a hybrid team with players from Alberta and Quebec. Maybe even saw a BC jersey on that team as well. And so with about two minutes left, Nova Scotia was leading 10 to 4, made a a lineup change, uh, lost a couple 
couple goals, but still hung on for the bronze medal, winning 10 to 6. Then it was Ontario against BC in the gold medal game. And uh, BC pretty quickly off to a 3 nothing lead. Uh, there was an own goal by Ontario, which uh, I could tell they found very regrettable, uh, followed by a quick penalty shot goal, which stretched the lead to 6 nothing for BC. Oh, and that wow. was about halfway through the first half. So looked maybe insurmountable, no further goals, so pretty solid defense from that point onwards. Six nothing at the end of the first half for BC. Uh, Ontario scored a couple impressive goals late, but pretty much every time they were quickly met with a response from BC uh, who would get a goal pretty much the next throw afterwards. Uh, so they held on and it ended with uh, BC taking gold 11 to five in the finals and Ontario uh, quickly getting in their cabs and racing to the airport, uh, grabbing their silver medals. So I couldn't get a photo of the whole Ontario team together <laughs> as they were. One of them was accidentally handed a gold and they had to chase him out the door to make sure he took the proper silver medal. And he wanted that wasn't how he wanted to take home the gold. He wanted the silver medal that he earned. So Tip they typical got that corrected. Typical <laughs> Ontarians out. always in a rush, always in a rush is Ontarians don't know how to enjoy life. Uh, Ryan, we're going to do a deep dive on the whole event with Jenny Bovard, uh, one of the organizers and our friend and podcast host later on this week. But just tell me generally on the ground, what was the vibe? It was great. It's a pretty small gymnasium. So pretty much all the spectator seats were full. Of course, uh, you can't always show your enthusiasm for the game. You have to keep quiet as the play is in action. And then only when there's a little pause, uh, can you uh, applaud and hoot and holler and cheer. Uh, but it was a really great day. I got to see a few friends, the uh, the Nickersons, who've been really getting immersed in goal ball. So it was great to see Harry uh, being one of the younger players in the Nova Scotia team get out and uh, get some plays in. And uh, a couple close calls, a couple uh, a blooper, a couple you know, people that took uh, some hard hits with the goal ball, making dramatic saves. But uh, yeah, it was really great uh, weekend. Everybody had a, a wonderful time there. Oh yeah, the bumps and bruises after a, a weekend of playing goal ball. There's no doubt that there's going to be some folks uh, icing up a couple bruises today. No doubt about that one. Hey Ryan, we've got about a minute and a half left here on the clock, but you wanted to make sure people knew about a Halifax Accessibility Advisory Committee town hall that's coming down the pipeline next week. Yeah, this is a great annual event. Really, if you want to know what's happening, what's in progress with accessibility, what people want to focus on, if you want to raise any issues yourself, this is really the best opportunity where the Halifax Regional Municipality Accessibility Advisory Committee holds an annual town hall event to envision an accessible, inclusive city together. It'll be happening next Thursday, November 17th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Paulo Regan Hall in the Halifax Central Library. And so you can register for the virtual Zoom session where you can actually pose questions remotely. And to do that, visit the link on halifax.ca slash accessibility town hall. And then it's also live streamed to view on YouTube for those who can't make it in person and who don't want to participate in the virtual discussion. You can just uh, passively observe the proceedings on the city's YouTube channel as well. So that'll be next Thursday, the 17th. Register if you want to bring any issues forward or uh, participate yourself. Ryan, I'm sure uh, you enjoyed being out amongst the people over the weekend, but it is still nice to be able to every now and then take in a town hall from the comfort of your own home. It's true. I saw John Mullaney Friday night with about 7,000 other Haligonians. That was still a lot to be around that many people. Oh, my gosh. How was the show? <laughs> it was great. A lot of uh, his rehab life, mostly, uh, but a lot of pretty amazing material. We had to seal our phones in pouches for the duration of the yeah. show and have them removed afterwards. So 
hush hush uh, top secret on that I, stuff. I think that more entertainment venues should be doing that. I think we should be taking people's phones away so not sticking their phones up in the middle of concerts, getting in my way. True. It would have been nice to be able to find my friends in the venue that I wasn't sitting with, ah. but without the phone, that wasn't happening. Yeah, fair, fair point. But yeah, I'll grant you that one. It was a great show. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll grant you that one. Sometimes <laughs> it makes navigation a little tricky. Uh, Ryan, thank you for this. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. That's Ryan Delahanty, content development specialist for AMI, joining us from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.